Here at Kerygma Ventures, our love for the Bible doesn't stop us from having questions about it. Quite the opposite. Our love for the Bible makes us more curious about it. Do you sometimes wonder how the message of the New Testament gives meaning to the Old Testament? Are you fascinated by how Scripture applies to your life? If you do, head over to studythebibleguide.com to get some answers. Listen, we've got a simple guide to give you. It's free, and it's packed with practical tools to help you study the Bible. That website, again, is studythebibleguide.com. And thanks for listening to this Kerygma Ventures podcast. God bless. Welcome back to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. This week, we head back to the ranch for Dudley Hall and Sam Downs' conversation about how when we feel safe in Jesus, we're able to really flourish in our lives. Dudley and Sam also explore the goals of creating a family life where one's wife or husband or kids feel safe enough to come and talk about their problems. They also dive into the difference between conviction and condemnation by asking the question, how do I know if I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit or condemned by myself or the devil? We hope you enjoy the conversation. I'm not sure why it was prevalent on my mind to get into a lot of that, uh, the addiction stuff and safe spaces with people and all that. I'm just increasingly convinced that um, relational safety and kind of communal safety is is pretty important um, yeah. for the flourishing of Christians. Yet I don't see as much of that as maybe I would hope. And, and so I often feel a longing for it and a simultaneous inability to know how to cultivate it and develop it in people. And the most simple form of community I operate in right now is my own nuclear family. Right. And so I'm faced with that question often of like, what kind of space am I cultivating for my own wife and kids? Yeah. Does my wife feel safe and free to talk to me about burdens that she's carrying? Yeah. Do my kids feel safe to me to come to me when they have a problem? Um, you know, I've, we reference this often in one of our weekly Bible studies, the whole idea that um, the gospel is marked. Um, how, how do you say it? I've messed up. I hope my dad doesn't find out. Yeah. Um, that's not how the gospel looks. The gospel looks like I've messed up. I, I really need to find my dad and tell him. Yeah. Um, well, we can go to God with terrible, desperate problems that we've created, not because we're safe, but because he's safe. Right. And you've, you've said that before, like the safest place is a person and the safest person is Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's your quote, not mine. I won't take credit for that one here. But, you know, I hear all this, it, it, my mind kind of ruminating on these things often the harder life gets, you know, the more intense the pressure cooker of life gets. I, I think about what, what gives me that sense of grace and peace. And it is an increased knowing of how safe I am with Jesus. Yeah. That he does fully know me and he does fully love me somehow. And, um, and I am a good candidate for his mercy. Um, I just, 
I see a lot of people unaware of that reality that's available to them. Like if I know how much I struggle to walk in that and I'm aware yeah. of all that's available to me, how much more pain are people in is people in, you know, who, who aren't aware those things are there for them. Yeah, that phrase, that biblical phrase, they're like, like a sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. That mm-hmm. you see people and they're hurting, they're addicted, they're fearful, they're whatever, and they 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 don't have a clue. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to know that God said, "I'll be a shepherd." Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be a shepherd. He's talking Ezekiel 34 about how the leaders of Israel have been terrible shepherds. They've they've manipulated the people. They've used the people and whatever. And he said, there's going to come a day where I'll be the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Well, that day came in Jesus. And then Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and then lets us do that. So as I look around, you know, I, I, I see people walking in that kind of, Malaise, like like a sheep without a shepherd. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what to eat. They don't know where to lay down. They know there are wolves out here. They're scared. You know, you see that. It's like you just want to say, "Hey, come here, come here. Let me tell you the truth." Yeah. Uh, but you know, if, if I didn't, Sam, if I didn't believe that that Jesus was not interested in upbraiding me, that's a it's a phrase coming out of James, I think. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into trouble, knowing that the trying of your faith works in patience. Patience, when it's finished, makes you entire and lacking nothing. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed. We're to come to him, and he answers us without upbraiding us. Mm-hmm. See, one of the reasons I didn't want to go to my dad sometimes when I messed up was I knew there was going to be a lecture. My dad was a wonderful guy. He didn't yeah. do much, but it's like, son, have you learned your lesson here? Yeah. You know, didn't I tell you not to do that? Yeah. Uh, uh, you made your bed, now you're going to have to sleep in it. Right. And, and so it's hard for me not to say, if I go to God, I bet he's going to go, Dudley, yeah. we've been doing this a long time. You should have known better. Yeah. He doesn't. What does he say? I love you. Let's go from here. Yeah. Let's go from here. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Uh, I braved myself. But he's like, I'm not interested in you feeling bad about what you did. I'm interested in you feeling good about what I did. Dude, there's a lot of people you know that believe the the berating of themselves internally is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I know. And I, well, I heard a quote one time and he said, it was John Sheesby that said this, South African guy. You know yeah, John. I know John. He's, he said, the Holy Spirit will never communicate something to you that contradicts what the finished work of Jesus on the cross proclaims. Yeah. That's I true. hope that's true. Well, I agree with that. Because that that deals with some of that, well, I'm convicted and I, you know, yeah. the conviction that we, we 
right as being from the Holy Spirit that is a voice of condemnation. And I think a lot of believers operate with an inability to distinguish between the two. Yeah. And, and that condemnation motivates them to work harder and try harder and do more. And they think, well, I feel convicted that I need to put the bottle down. Yeah. Well, you probably do need to drink less, but you're not going to hear that message from the Holy Spirit in a condemning way that puts yeah. you down, you know. You can say that better than I do. You get what I'm trying to say, I hope. Yeah, I do. You know, it's probably a, a little bit, uh, all illustrations are limited, but, <clears throat> you know, here's a picture I got years ago, and I was asking, I was really asking the Lord, what is the difference in condemnation and conviction? Mm-hmm. How do I know? Mm-hmm. If I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit or condemned by myself or the devil. Yeah. So I had a picture of this. You know, you got a room that's all full of furniture and the lights are off and all the furniture's in disarray. And my assignment is to go and put the furniture in yeah. right order. Yeah. So I'm bumping around into chairs and I know things are not right. Mm-hmm. And I know it's my responsibility. I just don't know how to get it fixed. Yep. And the picture of conviction is somebody turns on the light. It's like, oh, okay, everything's in disarray, but at least I know where it goes now. So there's energy, there's life. Some enlightenment. It's it's like, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. I can do something now. Condemnation shuts off the light. And it's like, I know I'm bad. I know know I'm messed up. I know it's wrong. I, I shouldn't have done it. Whatever. But you don't know where to go. It's a good picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, I want to wrap this up. Um, I didn't anticipate doing this, but it sounds so like cheesy. Can I, can you look into the camera right now? It's, you know, but I, I would like you to do that. Let's look in this camera here and speak to, speak to a Christian who's facing some addiction they don't ever believe they'll be freed from. What, what do they need to hear? Yeah, I, I would say to any of you who are facing an addiction, uh, you call it whatever, a weakness, a stronghold, whatever that you feel like has you in its grip and you would never be delivered from it. I, I can't do any better than what Paul said in uh, Romans 6 and encourage you to read that. Because Romans 6, he says that Somehow, wonderfully, mysteriously, when Jesus died on the cross, you died with him. And because you died with him, sin was dealt a fatal blow. And you've been baptized into Christ. That is, you've been immersed into him. And you have his life in you. So the very first imperative, interestingly enough, in the book of Romans is uh, Romans 6, 11. It says, don't let sin reign in your body anymore. It's been defeated by Christ. Instead of yielding the members of your body as instruments of idolatry, unrighteousness, present your members as instruments of righteousness. I want to say to you, God has done something for you that's bigger, better, more radical than you know. He has defeated sin, and sin has no right to rule in your life. And you can stand up today and say, I am in Christ, and because of Christ and his victory on the cross, 
sin cannot rule in my life. And I choose today to present my mind, my body. I choose to present my members as instruments of righteousness. And I know you say that's, that's hard to do. Yeah, it's too good to be true is why it's so hard to do. But it is true. And the, uh, an act of faith is to say, God, I believe that's true. And, uh, and I'm willing to walk in it. And, and as you do, God will show you how to embrace legitimate, satis- uh, legitimate offers of satisfaction for your drives, your longings, your needs, rather than an illegitimate one. And he will, he will energize you. He will give you that. That is the gospel. And you can believe that. Thank you so much for listening to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. We'd love for you to join us next week as we continue to bring you conversations and messages that challenge you to live a life of grace and freedom, developing a thriving relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you share it with someone in your life who you know would be encouraged to hear it? Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.